the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, good morning is how I should start. We're live again, as we have been for most of the year. I think I've taken three days, two or three days off. Most of them have been holidays. Um, no vacation for me until I feel really good about the markets. The market of stocks rallied yesterday, back to back on the election day and the day one after the election day. Today, it looks like that rally has uh, maybe stepped aside. We'll get there. Votes are still being counted. Biden sits at 264, but he's taking a lead in Pennsylvania and Georgia, albeit very scant. And I think this will be the weekend where we start seeing the lawsuits make the headline news versus the counting make the news. But we'll see about that. Um, Back to stocks off of politics. The SP 500 gained 2% yesterday. The NASDAQ and Russell ripped off roughly 3% runs. It was a strong day across the board. I think I came on air a couple times with you and said something in the nature of, I don't see one stock that we've been talking about in the last month. I keep a track of the stocks that were like hot and none of them were down yesterday. Um, and that's just, it's not an aberration. It's just not terribly healthy for a, any sustained period of time, but the Dow up 2% roughly yesterday, the Russell 2000 up 2.7, the NASDAQ 2.5, 2.6 almost the SP 500 up 1.95%. It was a great day. Now let's get into some of the stories of yesterday and today. Yeti crushed earnings. I know you're saying Yeti, like the abominable snowman. Yes. If you've spent any time on a campground, you've seen a Yeti. Listen to this. Yetis are stolen. They're that hot and sexy. What's a Yeti you're saying? It's a cooler. It keeps your ice ice and it keeps your cold cold for a very long period of time. And it's crushing it. Super expensive. Their profit was up 126%. Again, was this a pandemic play that I didn't think about? Americans will be camping out more. Revenue was up 29%. That's It's a great product, no doubt. But is it that great of a product? Um, their CEO said something on the conference call that jumped out. 2020 is a result of the incredible efforts of our global employees who have not only adapted but thrived in this extraordinary environment. Our customers, our partners who have continued to show their support and confidence in our innovation and our brand. Yeti jumped 16.5% yesterday. 
you can own so many different types of stocks. Why do you have to own Apple? Why do you have to own Microsoft? There's so many out there. I bought shares of Activision because my kids play video games. Not because it's a great investment. I think it is. But because my I want to show my kids that it's a world of pie. And it's, it's all about how much pie do you get. And I love pie. I know you're saying, where are you going with this, Friday weirdo? Roku earnings came in. They beat expectations. They even posted a profit. They were expected to lose 40 cents. They made nine cents a share. Um, that's a damn fine job. Again, a pandemic play for sure. Uber saw revenues decline 18% year over year, but who cares? They got the court ruling they wanted. And Uber said, despite an uneven pandemic response and broader economic uncertainty, our global scope diversification team's tireless execution delivered steadily improving results. Uh, gross bookings were down just 6% year over year. So we're getting back. And for a second, I want to go back to Yeti CEO who said, um, our global employees have adapted and they've done a great in this extraordinary environment. And I want to say that for a lot of Americans and a lot of people around the world, it is pretty impressive that we are still taking Ubers and Lyfts. It is pretty impressive that we are able to, to function. The employment numbers that I'm about to give you tell you that we're doing but way better than we could be. Maybe way better than I think we should be is a better way of me saying that out loud. Uh, that you're probably saying, what do you mean by that? We should be doing way better. Make America great. Um, I get it. <laughs> so today we're not blowing up the stock market, but we already have this week and this month. And this year has done very well. Mega cap stocks are weighing on the market. Cyclical value stocks show relative strength today. Showing you that it's it's a broadening stock market just because the day the headlines look negative, they're really not. The October employment report was better than expected. There's a lot to unpack what's going on, and hopefully some of this is something you could do over the weekend. There's still uh, more than 170 companies that reported earnings following yesterday's closing bell. Both Senate races in Georgia appear to be headed for a runoff. And if you think Georgia can flip those senders, then you would assume all numbers being what they are now, that the Democrats would control the Senate. And all numbers being what they are now, you would think that Biden's going to win the presidency. Um, That's pretty remarkable. And earlier this week, it looked like the Senate was going to stay Republican. And maybe that's one of the things that happened overnight for us to say, stop sending all stocks higher. Just send the ones that we think are going to benefit from the economy rebounding, the cyclical stocks. I don't know. Um, Daily coronavirus case count hit 120,000 yesterday. That, that, That is a appalling when you put it if you do that for 10 days in a row that's 1.2 million people um i i I don't know what to say america on that one all i can tell you is that that's a lot of people and depending on how our economy reacts 
we're talking recession or not. And again, that gets into the, I, I saw some pretty smart analysis last night. The V-shape versus the K-shape versus the W-shape recovery. I think we're in a K-shape where some things got way better faster and some things are really kind of petering out and struggling. So one leg's going back where it should and one leg's kind of bending down. Now, with this data on the coronavirus cases, I think you could start making a case of maybe we should be thinking more of a W where we did bottom in March, April, May. We, we climb back up, but we should probably bottom again because the cases are higher now than they were then. The October employment report was better than expected, tempering some but not all concerns about the slow pace of the recovery. Um, I'll give a little bit more color on that, but the unemployment rate was 6.9%. Expectations were for about 7.7. That's way better. <laughs> way better than expected. It's 69 that's on the edge of wrong, but it, it's getting close to normal. I want unemployment somewhere between four and six. 6.9 is still on the way edge for wrong. Getting it down to five would be lovely. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Happy, happy Friday. I'm Rob Black. Take a break. We'll be right back. Defocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Thanks for listening to the show. Happy Friday, so to speak. I've got a boss in radio. He cracks me up every time I go by his office. I go... I only really work in radio on Fridays at the location. Monday through Thursday, I'm typically at the TV studio. Pandemic has changed everything ever so slightly on that. But every time I go by my boss's office on Fridays, he'd, I'd say, hey, how you doing? Good day. And he goes, it's Friday, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, never met a bad one. I kind of agree with that statement. Never met a bad one. Okay. So the markets aren't really doing much positive right now. And that's okay. Um, we've had a week. We've had the election. We're getting closer to final tallies. We're probably getting closer to court challenges. Um, I don't know. I, I just got stressed saying it. I want it to be Friday, and I want to move on if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, a strange thing has happened, in my opinion, on the way to the biggest post-election surge in modern stock market history. The S&P 500 was tracking on $600 billion of fresh value. Most of its members fell in the S&P 500, but it was adding value. And again, it was the mega cap angle of the Apples getting bigger, the Amazons getting bigger, the Facebooks getting bigger, and not everyone went along for the ride. It looks like we're back with the winners of COVID. And what I mean by that is what worked really well from essentially, let's say, May through August appears to be poised to do really well, economically speaking, into the spring. I saw a couple more media companies fire people, continuing to trim staff, continuing to push back releases of movies, 
Um, I don't know. We're going to get to a situation where one of these movies where the actor's dead before it comes out. Like the, the new Bond film, but the guy who plays him has been dead for two years. Like, right? Are you with me or are you against me? The SP 500 had a big day yesterday, bringing its two day surge to 4.2%. The tech heavy NASDAQ was up 7.1% in two days. That's too much. But again, I guess we live in a world of instant gratification now, so maybe I'm the old man. I ordered an Xbox. I was one of the lucky ones who got in and got one. I ordered two because I always sell one of them for a double the profit, and I get my other one for free, Essential Angle. They're sitting in Ontario waiting to be delivered. I'm so angry at this point in time. Like That's where my... Um, I want to be careful how I say this. I don't want to say white anger. That's where my Caucasian puffy white dude anger is that there's an Xbox out there and it's got my name on it and they're not delivering it because they're not allowed to until next Tuesday. Exactly. We are a nation of crybabies. It's okay, baby. It's okay. Doesn't it hurt to hear babies cry? Um... What else is there that we have to hit? I'm looking at some stories out there. Yesterday was a, and the day before was kind of a ride share rejoice kind of moment. And again, I want to paint pictures of what's going to happen. Uber and Lyft getting a big win in California sets a precedent. And the rest of the nation essentially follows eventually. So the ride-sharing component of our economy is here to stay, as is, where the first time I ever took an Uber or Lyft, I remember being at a friend's house, and they're like, yeah, just call an Uber. I'm like, what do you mean? And you watched it on your phone as the driver got close. You're like, oh, it looks like he's going to be in a white Civic. And Oh, look, they've got candy in a jar that they're going to offer us. Like, cute. Um, that's going to stick around. Uh, with self-driving cars and Ubers, will my kids ever learn how to drive is a question. Trump and China have a rocky relationship. This is what I'm going to start looking at as the vote is going Biden's way. What will Biden's relationship with China be? What will Biden's relationship be with the Supreme Court? What will Biden's relationship be with other caveats? And again, I'm 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 assuming and you know what that does. It makes an ass out of you and me, right? The U.S. exited the Paris Climate Pact. Will we jump back into it? The United States emits more greenhouse gases in the world than every other country except for China. China, U.S., China, Trump, China, Biden. Like, you got to start thinking about this stuff. I'm looking at an election probably in four years. If all remains the same, will it be Pence against Harris? Will Biden step aside because he's old and it's a legit criticism? Do you really want to be spending the last years of your life, like, picking up dog poop on the sidewalk, which is essentially what the president does in the United States. I know you're saying, man, you're bitter. Uh, we had a referendum on Tuesday. More states went pro-marijuana. A referendum, ladies and gentlemen, on a historic day for cannabis state-level initiatives. Every pro-cannabis initiative passed. Really? Like kind of thing. New Jersey, Arizona, Montana, South Dakota. Now, Montana and South Dakota 
last I looked, are pretty darn Republican. And in the past, you know, Druk's bad. Okay, okay. Uh, Reefer shouldn't have passed, but the country is starting to like change, right? I think we're seeing that. From what I read yesterday in research reports, Cure Leaf is the best way to play marijuana stocks. Ticker symbol C U R A. I'm not playing it. Um, it's worth noting that cannabis on the Arizona ballot appears to be a meaningful contributing factor in Joe Biden's chances of winning because some people want it to vote just for that. And while they're there, they punch the, the liberal guy versus the, the tight guy, the guy in the not wearing the tie versus the guy wearing the tie that he sells kind of like thing. They're saying that getting people to the poll on marijuana helped swing Arizona. Is that funny? I, it's, it's stunning to me. Biogen is rocketing. They got expectations. The company's experimental Alzheimer's drug called aducanumab may receive FDA approval. Um, this is huge news. That has been one of those, I don't want to say a holy grail, but that's been one of the toughest uh, mental degenerative conditions to figure out with medication. I don't know, but Biogen is roaring on that story. Still an area that stresses me a little bit. Like I'd like to see it better because it would show me that things are better, like on a system level. Banks. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So this is one of my favorite songs that's I play almost daily on my phone, which is a funny thing to say out loud. It's called Folk Rock. The Strumbellas, the Strumbellas, who we play a lot on this show, is called Death Pop. But this is called Folk Rock. Uh, it's head in the heart. And it's got a lot of pop elements with a little piano, little synthesizer stabs in it. It's got some nice swift drum sounds and a chugging bass. Don't tell me I lost a step crisscrossed in the wrong direction found myself in a conversation from a missed connection i love the song for a couple minutes a day it takes me away from stock stocks bye 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 trump 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 biden 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 it kind of gives me a break i hope you're finding times to take a break at this point in time i've moved on from the current election to what we're going to be looking at in 2021 and still the big story is COVID. But then after that, it's going to be, you know, piecing our economy back together to get it to 5% unemployment. I'd be stoked with unemployment number dropped to 7.9%. And I'm telling you, I don't know if you're Republican, I don't know if you're Democrat, but I'm impressed by that. Um, 
the numbers may be skewed at times because the way you pull, you go to an area that has a lot of jobs. If you want to get positive job numbers, uh, if you want to show people that, you know, like we may need more stimulus, you go to an area that has no jobs and it can be manipulated, but within reason, it's, it's pretty accurate because you're getting a lot of areas reporting 7.9% is not awful. And I, I guess that's something to celebrate because my family went to a restaurant without me yesterday and I'm like, how dare you? That's my favorite rest. They went to the bike. Stuff is getting done and food is being served and you see where I'm going at with this. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that people ask me about in emails all the time is what do I think about this person? What do I think about that person? What do I think about this person? I'm like, well, first and foremost, you only need one show host who has the most, me. But they'll ask me like about Kramer. They'll ask me about the guy who's on at noon. They'll ask me about the guy who's on before me or after me on the, on the shows. They'll ask me about the guy on CBC or on Bloomberg. Everyone wants to have a Buddha. In large part, I think that's okay. Just don't get too caught up with it. Like, you know, if you're calling Jim Kramer to be part of his lightning round, you're in too deep. If you're watching it for infotainment, it's okay. But if you ever find yourself saying, booyah, Jim, I think you've crossed a line. Now, if you want to call my show and do that, that's fine. Because I'm the hostess with the mostest. Um, one person I really don't like, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, is Dave Ramsey. I, I can tell you why I don't like him is I think he appeals to what I would refer to as the lowest common denominator. He's trying to help um, middle class to lower middle class. And I, I, I like tough love. I think it's a great way to teach people. But I, it's not my audience. I, I don't want to have an audience of people who are broken, financially speaking. I want to have an audience of 20-somethings and 30-somethings who have jobs. Um, but again, that's just me being really finicky. And I know you go, you love everyone, my boss would say in radio. I'm like, well, not really. Um, I don't like mixing religion with investing. And I feel that's a little bit of what Dave Ramsey does. He's syndicated on over 600 stations. He's authored several books. He's very successful at what he does, but he's not my cup of tea. Um, when he says things like you should buy a car only with cash, I I don't know how responsible that is or how, no, I don't know how realistic it is. It's very responsible. I've paid cash for vehicles before. I get it. Why carry debt of seven, eight, nine percent? It just means you're paying seven, eight, nine percent above the sticker price, right? So uh, I, I've got problems with them in funny ways, and it, it makes me a little uncomfortable to say out loud. Um, he's gotten better. He'll say things like, "Don't try to justify frivolous purchases," and I agree with that. In my 40s, I said something along the lines of, when I turn 50, I'm going to buy a Tesla. I'm going to, because it's kind of a cool looking uh, iPad in front of the car. Like, I had a frivolous decision in my head that I want it, but I put a year on it to like push it away. Um, that's not a problem 
for me, but debt is a problem for others who want the car now but can't afford the car now. So I get where he's going at with it. He says things like buying the newest model of anything is a waste. I get it. But is it realistic? People are going to go out and buy the new iPhone 12 because they want a new iPhone 12. Most people shouldn't buy a new iPhone 12. Most people should buy the cheap iPhone that comes out. But they won't. Um, my kid broke an iPad not that long ago. He didn't break an iPad. Freaking neighbor came to the house and broke it. Um, but I didn't get him a new one. You can get on eBay and find gener uh, two generations ago for like 150 bucks. Um, he's not exactly trying to like launch nuclear strike code. So I can be as frugal as anyone, but I try not to do a show that says something along those lines because I'm looking at the realistic scenarios. Um, he and I both agree, you know, don't use a credit card for what you can buy with cash. I, I kind of agree with that, but I don't. I use a credit card for everything. I own shares of Visa because I, I can't remember the last time I paid for something in cash. It was probably, and forgive me for saying this, mom, <laughs> cover your ears. The last time I paid cash for something was probably marijuana because they're not legal businesses in the federalized, so they have to use cash transactions a lot. California made recreational marijuana legal, gummies, you get the idea. I think that's probably the last purchase I had in cash. Um, can you think of anything you're spending cash on? But I love credit cards, but also I pay off my credit card every month. So that's where Dave Ramsey and I kind of split. He doesn't trust you to pay it off. And I'm saying, if you don't pay it off, you're, 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 that's the financial mistake. Not using the card. He's saying using the card's wrong instead of cash. So do you see how I, I refine things a little bit more to my personal understanding and to hopefully yours? And why I have problems with basically every other human being on the planet giving you financial advice? I want to be the person to do it. Because credit cards aren't bad. Carrying credit card balances are. Credit cards are actually kind of awesome. I have, an I have an Amazon card, and I get 5% off everything I buy on Amazon. So if I'm going to buy on Amazon, I might as well get 5% off. That's my thought. I know you're saying, really? Uh-huh. Um, I have a Target red card. You know how many times I've been in a Target in the last five years? Maybe two or three? Uh, it hasn't been much, and it's typically like to get a kid a Christmas present or a birthday gift for another kid kind of thing. Oh, that's today. I didn't order anything from Amazon, so you go to Target physically. But I've got a Target red card, 5% off everything you buy with it. Now, that happens to be a debit card, or it's linked to your debit card. I don't even use a debit card. It, it took me a long time to figure out where my debit card was recently. I hate debit cards. Debit cards, if someone can figure out your code, and uh, I think one of the best stories two weeks ago was some guy in Scotland hacked uh, Trump's Twitter account <laughs> with the password MAGA2020. <laughs> if you could figure out the president's password, then you could probably figure out mine. And if you could drain my, my, my debit card. You can drain my bank account. And the bank says, sorry, you should, you should have been protective about it. But credit cards, for some reason, Congress gave them 
oh, if someone steals someone's credit card, they can't run up debt. It's not going to be, they're only going to be responsible for the first $50, first $100. Congress did a good job protecting us against credit card theft, not so much against debit card. So I threw away my debit card, essentially. And I'll never use a debit card at an ATM. Forget about it. Like, for me, the transaction fees of three bucks to get your own money, 20 bucks is, I do the math on that. I'm like, that's 15%. Like, that's something the highway robbery would be proud of, pulling that off, right? Dave Ramsey says things like, don't go to a fancy college. I say things like, uh, I was talking to a retired police officer yesterday at the dog park. I had to take 0110110 out for a walk. So I took her to the dog park, and this retired cop is, uh, I said, you look happy. You look relaxed. What's what's your secret? He goes, I'm retired. He's probably 50 years old wearing flip-flops at the dog park. Good haircut. COVID hasn't crushed him. He, he didn't have, like, ratty hair or anything like that. And um, so he's got a good pension with the police department. He goes, I got to go back to work because my kids are going back to college. Or my kids are getting ready to go to college finally. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And we, we shared some retirement stories and stuff like that. Um. But him and I, I know two people that went to community college for the first two years. And one of them went to Berkeley and has a degree from Berkeley. And one of them went to Harvard and has a degree from Harvard. Instead of paying the full four years, they went two years and got a scholarship or two years and got in. They didn't qualify out of high school and they didn't have the money. There's no shame in figuring out different ways to play the game. I, I just don't like telling people, don't go to a fancy college. Don't use credit cards. Pay c- cards in cash. Like, you're almost t- thinking your audience is too stupid to do it on their own. I think you guys are pretty smart. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Okay. Thanks for staying with me all year long and for 20 plus years. I have listeners that have listened for 20 years and I don't get it because ultimately what I want to do is teach you how to do this on your own. And now that I'm at that 50 year punch card, I want to teach someone else to do this down the road. Um, just be the, the smart uncle who can help everyone in the family with money. Um, I hope you guys have gotten yourselves into a pretty good situation over the last 20 years because the market's been very generous and part of the market being generous in my opinion has been specifically tied to uh, believe it or not terrorism i know you're saying where is this going rob well in 2001 the world stopped on 9-11 and said whoa but terrorism could be a pretty big thing before it was like, it sucked that it happened at the Olympics and took out part of the Israeli Olympic team. And it sucks that that plane got taken down, but it was just a plane in the middle of the Pacific Ocean or a plane in the Atlantic. It was never on US soil. And I don't know what happened specifically, but at that point in time, we entered a period of lower interest rates forever, it feels like. 
So my mortgage in 2001 sat at, I think it was 11% on the second and like 9% on the first one. I carried two mortgages on one house. The second one was essentially my down payment. And that's how the mortgage industry and the real estate industry worked. But I'm talking 9 and 11%. Now you can get a mortgage 2.7%, 2.8% on a 30 year. That's remarkable. That has created so much wealth. My housing costs have been locked in at a low cost. And I'm, I'm blaming terrorism. I know you're saying that's a weird jump, Rob. But the only thing I can tell you is that's when the Federal Reserve started cutting interest rates aggressively and forevermore, it feels like. So who was that bad man? Do we remember his name, Osama bin Laden? Oh, yes, I guess we do. It came back a little too. He probably has made me wealthier because he's turned America into a, we have to stimulate the economy to keep people shopping with low interest rates. I could be wrong tying those two events together, but I feel like that's about right. Bizarre, right? I know you're saying, well, but what about the dot-com revolution that happened two or three years before Osama bin Laden? True, true that, true that, true that. The internet did come along. And I was working for a powerful FM station where it was fantastic. I had a program director who went on to become the program director at Sears Satellite Radio. Guy named Jeremy, and he was a little British guy. And when I say little British guy, he's the cliche five foot five little British guy. Cool accent, but he's tiny. Like he, he he's like a mouse size kind of thing. He's like a fun size human being. <laughs> and fun size candy bars aren't fun, for the record. Just for the record, they suck. Full size candy bars were where it's at. Um, but he programmed me in a different way on an FM station than he would program me on an AM station. Right now I'm on an AM station. It's a different mentality. Um, he had a lot of fun with it. So I had a sponsor on that station that built websites. And I know you're saying 2001, let's think about that for a second. 2000, holy mackerel. You're talking about the first dot-com era when dot-coms were a thing, when Rob Black got robblack.com. When Rob Black signed up for robblackshow.com and it cost something like $49 for a year or $99 for three years kind of thing. And his sponsor had this thing because if he, he was funny because he had a lisp. And I'm not making fun of people with lisp, but it seems like a bad idea to put a lisp into a commercial. Like he had a bad lisp, like a Sylvester the Cat lisp. He would say, if you're not a dot com, you're a dot nothing. So if you don't, if you're not a dot com, you're a dot nothing like that was okay. So that helped for sure investing, but to me it was terrorism. It's the weirdest thing to say out loud, but I guess a couple things helped if you were to put it into a better term, Tesla unveils the Tesla tequila for $250. They've had Tesla tequila, Tesla flamethrowers. Is this man not good at getting some headlines when it becomes a little boring? So sometime before I went to sleep and sometime before I woke up, Elon Musk came out with the idea of selling Tesla tequila. He probably tweeted about the idea and someone said, that's a funny idea. You should do it. And he did. And it sells out. We live in a weird consumer nation now 
where Justin Bieber signs a deal with Crocs, sends out one tweet, and sells out a whole line of Crocs. Jay Blevin signs a deal with McDonald's and sells out McDonald's meals with one tweet. Travis Scott, same thing. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Who knew? Mexico's Tequila Regulatory Council said the name Tesequila evokes the word tequila. And the word tequila is a protected word. And I'm like, what world do we live in that a Mexican authority is actually named the Mexico's Tequila Regulatory Council? You know, there's a president of a tequila regulatory council who's probably getting paid from the tequila dealers. Some of this blows my mind what jobs have been created in the world. But tested tequila will be available only in selected United States, including New York, California, and Washington. But it's sold out. It's a sleek lightning bolt design bottle. A lot different than what Musk imagined when he touted the tequila. Uh, anyway, he gets in trouble with Mexico for using the word tequila in his own product. I just, I, the stuff we can patent and, and lawsuit and trademark and fight with each other over. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about. Today's not a great day on Wall Street, but it's not bad. The S&P 500 is down fractions, like one-tenth of one percent. Same thing with the Dow. NASDAQ's down one-third of a percent. Little Haim taking us to break. Rock and roll sisters. I love it. I'm Rob Black. <laughs> 